Welcome to the Functional Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Erin Holt. I'm a functional medicine nutritionist with a feisty attitude in over a decade of clinical experience. I work with women all over the world through my online programs, and I'm also the founder of the Functional Nutrition Academy, a 12-month practitioner mentorship where I help other nutrition pros level up with functional medicine methodologies. I've got a bone to pick with diet culture and the conventional healthcare model that are both systematically failing so many of us. Creating a new model is my life's work, and this is what the show's all about. Please keep in mind this podcast is created for educational purposes only and should never be used as a replacement for medical diagnosis or treatment. If you like what you hear today, I'd love for you to subscribe, leave a review in iTunes, share with a friend, and keep coming back for more. Thanks for joining me. Now let's dive deep. This episode is brought to you by our show sponsor, Organifi. If you're interested in hormonal health, I suggest you check out their Harmony Blend. It was specifically designed for PMS support to help balance out female hormones and to give you a little energy boost with the adaptogenic herbs that they use like Shatavari and maca. So it's a cacao and maca blend. I happen to love those two flavors together. So tasty. Uh, We also have ginger and turmeric added to the mix. So it's kind of like a spicy treat. Chase tree berries also featured, which is an herb that has been long shown to support female hormones. So I highly recommend that product. It's really tasty. You could also look into their gold powder, one of their best sellers. That's a turmeric ginger blend. Both are anti-inflammatory. And listen, menstruation, having a period is a naturally inflammatory process. And so if you're experiencing wonkiness during those times of the month, uh, it's not terribly uncommon, especially if you have underlying inflammatory stuff going on. It kind of just throws a little bit of gasoline on the fire. So doing anti-inflammatories during your period is a smart bet. Turmeric and ginger are two things that I highly recommend. Uh, This product, Gold, also has lemon balm and magnesium. Both of those are calming and soothing and can really, I mean, I drink it all the time, not just when I'm on my period, but it's a really good tool if you do have PMS symptoms. Both of these blends, the Harmony and the Gold, are great for post-meal sweet treats. You mix a little bit with either hot water. I personally like it with non-dairy milk. And uh, if you're somebody who has a sweet tooth, check them out. Head to Organifi.com forward slash funk. So that's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash funk or use code funk to save you 20% on any of your orders. And we got to shout out our show sponsor and local friend, Coyote River Hemp Co. I've known the owner, Ryan, going all the way back over a decade, way back to my health food store days. So I know them personally. I use this company personally. They are committed to regenerative farming practices. So they're giving more than they take, giving more back to the land than they take. And I want you to understand that not all CBD products are created equally. So you always have to be a savvy consumer if you're utilizing CBD. A common question that people will ask is, what dose do I start out with? And uh, Coyote River always recommends same thing that I do. Start low and go slow. Start with a low dose, slowly work your way up to the results that you're after. It can take a few weeks of consistently using CBD for uh, your body to fully recognize it. So it is a good daily routine. 
I suggest starting with Coyote River 500 milligram hemp tincture. You can um, titrate that dose up or down. I also really dig the nighttime formula. It has 500 milligrams of CBD and 100 milligrams of CBN, and it really helps with sleep. I've gotten a lot of feedback from folks and you are doing well with it. So head over to their website, coyoteriverhempco.com. Use code FUNK10 to save you 15%. And just remember that the support from our sponsors allows the Functional Nutrition Podcast to continue to pump out new content. So we thank them and we hope that you support them too. Hello friends, we're back with another episode and today's show is gonna be part of our hormone series which is a mini series I'm doing. I ask you on Instagram, I pull you, what questions do you have about hormones? You respond and then I answer your questions here on the podcast. Today's topic is one I'm really excited about because I think everybody could benefit from it. And it's a question from Janelle Lopez. She asked, what are small steps and changes we can make to get closer to non-toxic living? And I love this because Non-toxic living can feel so overwhelming. Creating a non-toxic home can just feel like a very uh, big, overwhelming, and honestly expensive task. I have an entire module in Your Hormone Revival, which is my three-month hormone program that dedicates to creating a non-toxic home and helping people understand why it's so important. We can start with really small strategies and then we can get all the way up to like replacing furniture in our home. I am currently going through a kitchen reno. Well, we haven't started the, the, like the demo yet, but um, it was a pretty challenging task to make sure that all of the new cabinetry and things that are coming into the house um, were non-toxic because lots of Lots of that material releases VOCs. It's just a, a number of different things. Side note, if you're looking for non-toxic uh, cabinetry in your local, there's a guy out of, I think, South Berwick, Maine. His name is Ken Forrest, Forrester. I'll make sure we get the appropriate information in the show notes. And he worked with us and answered all of our questions so we could make sure that the the material he was using and uh, the paints he was using and the sealants that he was using were not off-gassing like really gnarly things into our home because it's like you spend all of this money to get a new beautiful kitchen (laughs) and I'm like I don't want to end up sick on the other side of it which is a real thing new home syndrome is a real thing where people build out these beautiful new homes they move in and they start getting all of these health problems because of all of the chemicals involved and we build homes now to be like really airtight so there's not a whole lot of release of these these chemicals anyway Super overwhelming, right? But let's talk about the freaking basics because if you're not doing the basics, like we got to start there. Focus on the things that you can control. That's what I always tell people when they start to get worried about how toxic our world is. It's like, let's focus less on the things that are outside of our control and really focus on the things that we can control because, you know, that's maintain sanity. Uh, So the big name of the game today is fragrance or as my kid will say fragrance because we do not like fragrance in our house. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, then chances are you've made some steps towards taking fragrance out of your life uh, because we've talked about it here before. But if you haven't, then this show is for you, my friend. And my intention, my hope is that you will share this episode with your friends, with your family members, with different people, because the truth of the matter is that that most people don't know just how wildly toxic synthetic fragrance can be. 
I think there's this sort of general assumption that if something is for sale in a store, you know, like a grocery store or a CVS or a Target, then it has to be safe. And we're actually going to talk about why that's not the case with fragranced products. And why this fits into our hormone series is because 72% of fragrance products contain endocrine disruptors. This is a big deal. The endocrine system is your hormone system, essentially. So an endocrine disruptor does pretty much exactly what it sounds like it does. It disrupts the endocrine system. It disrupts hormone signaling. And with the amount of hormone imbalance I see uh, in my line of work, this is a big deal. And with skyrocketing skyrocketing uh, infertility stats, this is a big deal. We have to really think about all of the different components when it comes to our hormones, and this is one of them. Listen, if you want to learn how to balance your hormones, my next round of YHR, Your Hormone Revival, starts in September. I only run it twice a year. It usually sells out within a day, sometimes two, but like within 40 hours, 48 hours, all the seats are gone. So get yourself on the wait list. The official start date is September 19th which is my cousin Shane's birthday, <laughs> just random, random factoid. And, um, we will open up registration before Labor Day. That's just so we can get your labs ordered up for you. So be sure you're on the wait list. Go to erinholthealth.com forward slash hormones. Just enter your email. That'll pop you onto the wait list and you will be the first to be notified as soon as registration is open. Okay. Fragrance. I'm going to put this in the category of simple changes, which is what Janelle was asking for, because you just simply stop buying the stuff. You become aware of it. That's the first step is awareness. Oh, okay. This is a fragrance product and this is a fragrance product and this is, and then you stop buying it. You stop bringing it into your home. You start putting, stop putting it on your body. It's, it's pretty basic, pretty simple. Um, fragrance, you might've heard this, this before. Fragrance is referred to as the new secondhand smoke. And I think the parallel is pretty straightforward. It's, it's a choice that you're making right? Just like smoking is a choice that you're making that affects air quality, affects the potential health of the people around you. Same deal with fragrance. If you're using fragrance products, if you're wearing fragrance products, you're affecting the air quality around you and you're potentially affecting the health of people around you as well. So that's kind of why people are referring to it as the new secondhand smoke. Now, back in the good old days, right? The Mad Men days when you could like rip butts and like drink whiskey and litter and just like, woo, carefree. Uh, we didn't actually know the ill health effects of smoking. I think like doctors were telling women to smoke. Right? Like pregnant women were like just, just railing cigarettes, no problem. Uh, but we didn't know. We didn't know then what we know now, which is like, hey, don't do that. So just like that, today, many people are still in the dark about the health problems associated with fragrance. Some people are, some people aren't. Some people are like, please no, make it stop, get these things out of our environment, dear God. Over 50% of the population would prefer that workplaces, healthcare facilities, um, professional facilities, hotels, airplanes were fragrance free. And that's because a lot of people are sensitive to fragrance into the chemicals within a lot of people. And what I have found in talking to folks, so back in March, we posted up in St. Augustine, Florida for the month. We rented an Airbnb and we walked in and I was like, oh my God, it's happening. <laughs> they had Glade plugins. Everything was Lysoled. Every single product was 
fragranced, like all of their soaps, all of their, you know, they had um, laundry detergent, the whole nine yards. And so I posted a lot on Instagram about it. And so, so many people came out of the woodwork to, you know, talk to me about how sensitive they are to this, but they feel really self-conscious because they feel like they're high maintenance or they feel like they're the people in their lives kind of make them out to be high maintenance or like just overly sensitive or like you're making a mountain out of a molehill type of vibe. And what I always try to get across is that those of us who are sensitive to chemicals, to smells, to fragrances, we're the canaries in the coal mine. Meaning that this stuff is toxic to everybody. We're just the ones who are like sounding the alarm. We're the ones having acute reactions to them. So we really should always be paying attention to the canaries in the coal mine. Just saying. Um, so 50% of the population wants like public places to be fragrance free. However, that would be a really hard thing to accomplish when you think about how ubiquitous fragrances. People are essentially like baked in fragrance 24 hours a day. So I want to go through a list, probably not a comprehensive list um, or an exhaustive list of all of the different types of products that contain artificial or synthetic fragrance. Kind of, you, you can use those terms interchangeably. So anything you're putting on your body, body lotions, face creams, cosmetics, shampoo, conditioner, hairspray. Some of those are the gnarliest whenever I go get my hair cut, which is not often. <laughs> it's like once a year. Um, I will just make sure that she doesn't use any product in my hair uh, because I don't want my, to go home and then have my hair smelling like f- a fragrance bomb. Um, perfumes, body sprays, you know, things like Axe, aftershave, deodorant, all of these products, I would say the the vast majority of these products have synthetic fragrance in them, unless you're like actively seeking out fragrance-free products. Um, laundry detergents, some of laundry detergents, fabric softeners, and dryer sheets are some of the worst offenders. Honestly, dryer sheets are like one of the most toxic things that we have in our homes, and it's not just like you're. These things are off-gassing. These things are um, like releasing smells and chemicals, like all the time you walk into a laundry room and you're like, oof, or you walk down. Have you ever walked down the, the laundry aisle? Of course you have of a grocery store. Like I, I can't even go down it or I have to hold my breath like legit, right? These things are just like pumping out, like basing out fragrance all the time. And then you think about it, you're washing your clothes in detergents and fabric softeners. And those are releasing chemicals onto your skin into the air all day long. And then at night, if you're sleeping in jammies and on sheets, washing the same materials, like you're just baked in in fragrance 24 hours a day. And you think about like little kiddos whose endocrine systems are are really, really sensitive. I mean, they're just kind of being developed and yikes. Uh, Dish soap, I'm always like, why? Why God, why? Why? Dish soap? Why do I need my dish soap to smell? Why do I need my dishes to smell? If if I eat off of a plate that somebody's used scented dish soap on, I'm like, I gag. I can't even do it. It's so gnarly. Um, of course, air fresheners and deodorizers. So things like Febreze or other room sprays, the Glade plug-ins, um, aerosol sprays, candles is a kind of obvious big one. Trash bags. That's fun. That's a fun one. Now, I, I my hot garbage also smells like deathly fragrance, so yay. It's so hard to find unscented trash bags these days. And we've even purchased unscented trash bags and brought them home and they had a scent. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, scented pens. Oh my gosh. 
the amount of toys my kid will like bring home from school or like wherever they get these like dollar dollar store toys with scent in them, like scented markers, scented stickers, scented toys. Why? We're like, oh, the plastic isn't poison enough for you. Now we're just going to add some extra chemicals to make it super duper poisonous. Cool. We good? We good now? Um, diapers, sanitary napkins, pads. I mean, that's extra gnarly because we're putting those chemicals right on our private bits. So no. Uh, toilet paper. We just had to throw out a roll of toilet paper because we brought it home and realized it had fragrance in it. Why? I do not need my asshole to smell like fragrance. I don't. I don't know. I don't personally don't need it. Um, and then the dollar stores, the dollar stores contain like the dollar tree, like different stores like that contain so many of these products that I just outlined that the store itself just every single purchase, uh, purchase that comes from the store. So I went in, uh, earlier this summer cause I wanted to get some things for Hattie's birthday party. And I got, what did I get? I got like a laundry basket, not for Hattie's party, but because I needed one, I got some like Ziploc baggies. I got some paper plates, like things like that. Every single thing I purchased, I had to throw out because they all, they, they weren't fragranced. They weren't, didn't have fragrance in them, but they had sat in that store and they all absorbed the fragrance. This is how gnarly this stuff is. It's getting into everything in its vicinity. And the problem with fragranced products, it's not the scent itself, but it's the chemicals that make up the synthetic fragrance. And this is where people don't understand like the the laws and the, the rules around it. Because of course, like why would you? Because people are like, well, if they're for sale, ergo, they must be safe. I don't know. Did I use ergo, right? Never used it in my life. Wanted to try it out in a public podcast. Might might have used it good. Might have used it wrong. Um, okay. The here's what most people don't know is that fragrance ingredients are protected under trade secret laws. So these were put in place by the FDA um, for the perfume industry lots and lots and lots of years ago. But anything, any of the chemicals that are used to produce fragrance, those ingredients do not need to be disclosed. So on an ingredient list, you might just see the word fragrance, but you have no idea how many thousands of chemicals could have been made could have made that fragrance. Um, we have no way of knowing that because it's protected by the FDA laws. And the scariest part about that is that the FDA has not assessed the, assessed the safety of the vast majority of these secret chemicals used in fragrances. There's over 5,000 ingredients used in the fragrance industry and only about a thousand of them have been tested for human safety and they haven't been tested by the FDA, but by a nonprofit company. And those tests are only looking for immediate skin effects. So there's multiple ways that our bodies can react to these chemicals. Skin is only one of them. So point is we do not have really like any safety data about these chemicals, which is obviously super scary. The um, environmental working group states that the average fragrance product tested contains 14 secret chemicals not listed on the label. Among them are chemicals associated with hormone disruption and allergic reactions and many substances that have not been assessed for safety in personal care products. So not great. Let's kind of take a rundown of the different ways that fragrance and the chemicals used within can affect our health. The first one is respiratory. So this can um, include asthma, um, 
this can include just like any any restriction uh, of the airway, right? Essentially, any respiratory stuff. That's a really big common um, reaction, and the the negative health effects of fragrance to asthmatics are very well researched and documented like for decades now. So if you do have asthma or you have somebody in your household with asthma, you have to really pull the fragrance out of your house. That's a, that's a really big deal. There's also neurological responses. Um, this will include headaches. This will include migraines. I know a lot of people react to fragrance by getting headaches and migraines, right? But it can also include dizziness, um, just mental confusion, mental fogginess, and nausea. That could be another one. Um, my, my mom tends to get kind of nauseous when she's around around us fragrances. And then, like I had mentioned before, skin. So there can be skin effects, skin irritation, um, hives, uh, histamine. There's a, there can be a really big histamine response, an inflammatory response in the kit, uh, in the skin with, um, fragrance exposure. I work with a lot of folks who do have a histamine issue or they're histamine intolerant. So just be mindful of this um, if you do have histamine issues. And then the eyes, uh, irritation, inflammation of the eyes, tearing can also be uh, a common culprit. Um, what's interesting is that there can be this sensitizing process with the immune system because the immune system might have one of these reactions, right? It might have an, a big reaction to a chemical. And what happens is that the immune system learns to recognize, and then it will later have a response, the same response and the same reaction when you get re-exposed. So think about this, like if, if you had an, a reaction to a chemical, um, even if you weren't aware of it, every single time you get re-exposed to that chemical, you might have a similar immune reaction. So yikes, um, that's a lot for the immune system to have to, to, have to process. And if you have autoimmunity, we have to be hyper aware of antigens and different chemicals that can trip up the immune system. If we have this immune reactivity to chemicals, um, a lot of folks with autoimmunity have can can might have uh, impaired detox pathways, so they just have a, a ch more challenging time uh, processing chemicals in their body. Pretty much for for uh, kind of putting it into layman's terms. Now. Some of the problematic harmful chemicals are not the things that make fragrance smell, but they make them stick. So my Dollar Tree example, like why does all of the non-scented products coming out of a store have scents? It's because any, or I shouldn't say any, but most scented products are designed to stay smelling, stay smelling strong and long. So they stick. We've been taught that that's a good thing. I mean, think about all of the laundry commercials that you see of like, you know, people smelling their clothes and smelling their like blankets and smelling their towels like days later and be like, still smells fresh. And I'm like, fresh? <laughs> I would probably use a different word, but this is really marketed and advertised as a good thing. We want fragrances to linger. Um, we had, somebody sent us a gift and they were clothes for Hattie and they came in. I don't, I don't know where the fragrance was coming from, if it was the clothes themselves or something it was packaged up with. We had to watch, wash those clothes six times. I kid you not, six times and they still smell like fragrance. That's not normal, right? That's not normal that these things have such gnarly chemicals in them that it won't release the fragrance. Like that's bonkers. Like, well, it's bonkers to me. The um, ingredients in several 
household air fresheners include volatile organic compounds, VOCs, and they're they're really designed to make fragrances linger in the house. So VOCs are, are admitted as uh, gases, so you don't know that they're there. Um, they're well known to have negative health effects, and con- concentrations of VOCs are consistently higher indoors, up to 10 times higher than outdoors, because they're coming from you know our electronics, they're coming from the, the things that our house was built with, but they're really coming from fragrance as well. So we have to take good care to reduce the, the fragrance load of our house if we want to clear, cl- uh, clear up the air. But again, this is a, these are chemicals that are put to make sure that fragrances linger and stick around. Other sources of VOCs would be paints. Um, that's why I always recommend buying very low or zero VOC paint. There, there is so much more widely available than it used to be. I'm very, very grateful for that. Uh, paint strippers, solvents, wood preserve, uh, preservatives. So it's a lot of, you know, like a lot of household stuff. Aerosol sprays, cleansers, and disinfectants. So just be mindful of that. Um, indoor air pollution is... A pretty gnarly thing and if you think about how much time we spend indoors these days it's the majority of our day we want to make sure that we're breathing and we're exposed to good clean air outdoor air pollution we don't have much control over right but indoor we do it's like that thing i said at the start we have to really focus on the things that we can control and worry less about the things that are totally outside of our control but you can improve your indoor air quality simply by pulling all of the fragrance items out of your house Truly, it makes a huge, profound impact. With the outdoor um, air pollution, the biggest thing is to just raise your antioxidant levels. By the way, if you are, if you're like, well, I'm freaking out about outdoor air, raise your antioxidant levels, eat lots of fruits and veggies, eat things with lots of color, pigment-rich foods. Um, Glutathione is huge here, so you can either supplement with glutathione, which is a pretty expensive one, to supplement with, or just make sure you're getting tons and tons of sulfur in your diet. So your cruciferous veggies, broccoli, cauliflower, cabbage, kale, Brussels sprouts. Um, broccoli sp- sprouts are great. Uh, eggs have lots of sulfur. So just ramp up your sulfur. That's that's a super strong, um, super strong strategy. And then we have to talk about phthalates. Um, phthalates are often paired with fragrances because they're another chemical that makes fragrances stick. They're found in synthetic fragrance and nail polish and hairspray in plastics as well. And phthalates are known endocrine disruptors. So again, endocrine disruptors are environmental chemicals that disrupt endocrine receptor signaling. signaling. They disrupt your hormone signaling. They scramble up, they muck up your hormones. And as I threw out, 72%, that's the vast majority of fragrance products, have endocrine disruptors. So that's why we're talking about it today. Let's take a quick break to thank our show sponsor, BioCult. Their boosted product is a multi-strain probiotic, four times the concentration of the original formula, which is why I prefer it. All of their probiotic strains are backed by clinical research. It really makes a great everyday probiotic. I just had somebody on Instagram reach out and say, this stuff has changed me. Thank you. So it's a great product. And the cool thing about it is that there's no need to refrigerate it. So you can take it with you when you're traveling, which I highly recommend because most of our guts get really jacked up when we're off our schedule, when we're traveling, when we're doing things that we don't normally do. So taking a probiotic with you is a good bet. You can give it to your kiddos. Those, uh, the capsules can break apart. You can sprinkle it into yogurt or oatmeal or 
add it to a drink. This is what I do for Hattie. I put in a little shot glass with a bit of water and she just shoots it down. So head to their website using the link in our show notes. Use code FUNK15 to save 15% off of your order. If you're worried or concerned about your hormone health, you better get worried about fragrance. This is a huge thing to focus on. We talked about estrogen dominance last week. These chemicals are huge, a huge factor when it comes to estrogen dominance. They're considered xenoestrogens, which are estrogen mimicking compounds. They're not produced by our body, but our body gets confused and they're like, is this, is this estrogen? And estrogen dominance is such a big deal. Um, Symptoms of estrogen dominance are breast tenderness, um, breast fullness, especially around your cycle, heavy periods, uterine fibroids, endometriosis, feeling uh, like water retention, feeling bloated, mood swings, depression, anxiety, getting hormonal headaches, hormonal migraines, um, weight gain, weight loss resistance. All of these can be because of estrogen dominance. And so if we're constantly being bombarded by xenoestrogens, it's really hard for the body to effectively clear estrogen out of the body. We, we're supposed to use, like make little bits of hormones. We're supposed to use them and then we're supposed to, to lose them. And if we're just like awash in synthetic um, hormone mimickers, it's, it's hard to do that. Um, phthalate exposure has been tied to reproductive harm also increased risk of cancer and increased risk of obesity and insulin resistance. We know that phthalates actually play a significant role in the development of type two diabetes. I have talked a lot about um, insulin resistance and metabolic health in the podcast. So go back and search those episodes. I'm not gonna get too, too much into it here, but just understand that metabolic health is everything. Insulin and blood sugar signaling is so important to your overall health. Um, I threw um, in the show notes, we'll uh, throw in a bunch of um, articles and papers where I'm getting a lot of this information from, but there's two that I really want you to check out. Uh, Concentration of urinary phthalate metabolites are associated with increased waist circumference and insulin resistance in adult U.S. males and phthalates in metabolism. Exposure correlates with obesity and diabetes. Um, This is the type 2 diabetes. So we know that these these chemicals are really impacting our metabolism. In fact, they're actually considered obesogens. That's the terminology for them. Obesogens are chemical agents that inappropriately regulate and promote lipid accumulation. So what you have to understand about our fat tissue, adipose tissue, it's not just this, it's not just this like energy storage. It's not just like passive fat storage that's just sitting there. It's very active, in fact. It's actually considered an endocrine organ because it's participating in the body's feedback loops and feedback systems. It's participating in whether or not your appetite is regulated, in whether or not you have inflammation. Uh, Adipose tissue can actually produce its own inflammatory cytokines. All of this is very relevant with hormones. All of this is very relevant to hormonal health. Uh, phthalates are lipophilic, like many toxins are, they're lipophilic, and so they can accumulate in the fat tissue. And when it does that, it impacts fat breakdown, it impacts glucose, blood sugar uptake, it impacts glycolysis. I mean, it's not, they're not just like sitting there and hanging out, they're like disrupting the whole hormonal show. Um, 
what I think is so fascinating about our bodies is that fat does tend to sequester toxins because it's trying to pull it away from your vital organs. And I just think that that's, it's so beautiful what the body is, is does, you know, we we're so hard on our bodies and it's really just trying to keep you safe and keep you healthy and keep you alive. Um, but when it's doing this, when, when fat is sequestering a lot of toxins, what can happen is that that increases the body burden and that can drive up oxidative stress. And this kind of creates a bit of a vicious cycle. Oxidative stress and toxins can lead to mitochondrial dysfunction, um, which mitochondria are like the energy producers of our cells. And if we have mitochondrial dysfunction, which is very, very common, unfortunately, we can see things like fatigue, weakness, cognition issues, depression, premature aging, chronic illness. Um, you know, if, if we lose our ability to generate ATP or energy, we're going to feel pretty crappy. And so we know that um, the more, the, the heavier the body burden, the heavier the toxic load on the system, the more it's going to impact these systems like mitochondria. And then the more inflammation, the more fat cells we have, the more adipose tissue we have, the more that drives inflammation. And it just really becomes this this really vicious cycle that's hard to get out of. We talk about this concept a lot in Your Hormone Revival, so I can unpack it there a little bit more uh, in depth and kind of talk about how it might relate to you. But just understand that, I guess the, the take home message from this podcast is that fragrances are not, um, I don't know, benign, right? They're, they're causing problems to our health. They're causing problems to, um, air quality indoors, outdoors, all around. And so I definitely recommend if you're looking to take small steps to a non-toxic life, if you're looking to take small steps to overall hormone balance, I really recommend pulling fragrance out of your life. And I also ask that you share this with your people because I think this message really does need to get out. And thank you as always for listening and I will catch you next week. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Functional Nutrition Podcast. If you'd like to submit a question to the show, fill out the contact form at erinholthealth.com. If you got something from today's show, don't forget, subscribe, leave a review, share with a friend, and keep coming back for more. Take care of you.